Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show who can't wait to talk about Southern accents again, Ryan Nelson. You know I know people are excited about that. (laughs) Uh, Justin, I'm just going to tell you, I will think about this show every time some friend of mine says, hey, I'm thinking about buying a VR game. When will we learn, people? (laughs) Don't buy VR games. We didn't listen in 1984 when James Cameron and the Terminator tried to tell us not to let robots take over. That's right. Carl Reese died for nothing. We don't listen. We won't listen about VR. Well, listen to the proof. <laughs> oh, if you've been listening to podcasts since we started started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen, making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the first at first and second episode of Prime Videos The Peripheral. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a three, five, ten, or twenty dollars level and if you join up we will shout you out here on the show uh if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by writing us on spotify and apple Podcasts. leave us a five-star rating and if we have time write us a review while you're there if you do write us a review on apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record all right so we are starting a brand new series it is taking place of the rings of power as the rings of power wrapped up last week and we're transitioning into like a complete 180 on the on the content uh on the content spectrum for for amazon uh with the peripheral so we're going from high fantasy with elves and dwarves and all that fun stuff to uh, futuristic VR, all that up fun stuff. Real quick though, before we get into anything, what did you think in general uh, about the peripheral? I actually really enjoyed this, and I felt like Amazon must have told the showrunners, the 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 Westworld people, hey, why don't you make Westworld and make it less complicated and more fun? Because this is what this was. Yeah, it really. Now, felt granted, that way. there was there was there was a lot more science in the second episode. Yes, it was. And after I watched it the second time and I kind of read about it, it made more sense. So you may ha- you may be uh, confused at sometimes about the science stuff. Yeah, but you know. Besides that, it's it's actually a really really fun show. And also, this was another of these streaming shows where they have found the perfect person for a part, a actress. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just call it, we should call everyone actors, but an actor that was waiting for a part like this. And Chloe Grace Moretz is that. Chloe Grace Moretz was a superstar from a young age. And I was looking over her IMDb, and she's really took some chances that just didn't work out right. the last few years. And uh, this could be it for her to get her back on where she needs to be because she is she has whatever it is she has it and she has a lot of it. Yeah, she's really good in this. I, I was very impressed by her. I want to go ahead and I look. I like this show a lot. There, are, I do have some issues with it. There, are, uh, I have more issues with the second episode than do the first episode, and you kind of hinted yeah. on that a little bit. Um, but I do want to go ahead and kind of tackle something that you mentioned here at the beginning when you said the, you know, they told the Westworld people. So they're kind of one of the things that they are marketing this as is from the creators of Westworld. And this is done by uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. They are married. Jonathan Nolan is the brother of Christopher Nolan. I know he has worked a lot with his brother, Christopher on a lot of his projects. I'm assuming Lisa has as well. I don't, I don't really know that off the top of my head though. Well, she's not listed, but there's just no way. Right. Yeah. She's been, she's been with Jonathan like forever so there's just no way they haven't been involved so my question to you is this is from the creators of westworld is that a selling point to most viewers or is that a takeaway from most viewers that like turning some people off i I, 
I thought the same thing, and my takeaway is people are going to be like, nope. Yeah. No I, thanks. Yeah. I think, I think it's... Go ahead. I, I think you should sell it as from the creator, like sales of Inception and something like that. Right, yeah. You know, uh, uh, and Lisa Choi, she had done a couple things that were pretty good, too. I'll need to look it up. Yeah. Uh, uh, while you're doing I, that... I just, go, ahead, go ahead. Westworld is a, is, a, is a horrible, horrible idea. Well, I it, look, it, I think... It obviously, you know, it was raved about in its first season, and then it's just it is it has slowly tailed off ever since. And this most recent season, it was by far the lowest rate. Now, look, I thought the first, last season was really really good up until the very end. I thought there were they had yeah. some issues at the very end, but up until the last two episodes, I thought they had kind of found the magic again. Uh, but with with the West with Westworld and with that show, you know, there are some people who have who are. I mean, one of the reasons people aren't watching it, they couldn't get people kind of back to it in this fourth season was people were kind of fed up with it. So I do wonder if if that is a if that is going to turn some people away. You know, and you look, I don't know how much people pay attention to that type of stuff. You know, you and I we do we do a podcast, so we pay attention to a lot of things that some people probably don't necessarily pay attention to. So they they may not yeah. even realize that. The, that those people did this uh i will say this uh i think this if if what i have seen so far out of this is yes there is westworld hints obviously you know the virtual reality we've got kind of like two different timelines going with the with the london stuff yeah. with the with the north carolina stuff so there are a lot of similarities there uh, but this, I think, is going to be a little more straightforward than Westworld was, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong about that. But it feels that way so far, anyway. No, I th- I think you're right. I I, don't, I just cannot imagine them going because this is based on a book. Yes, it is. by William Gibson. He is somewhat involved. I actually, right before we recorded, I actually found a podcast that he was on. Oh, really? Uh, where he was? I'm um, no, excuse me. Where the writer was on, and the writer is, uh, let me see. The writer of the show or the writer of the book? The writer of this show. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, hold up. Scott B. Smith, okay. who actually, this is his first in uh, sci-fi. He's actually most known for a movie called A Simple Plan that was a very, very good movie from the 90s that had Billy Bob Thornton and yeah. Bill Paxton in it. That was really good. So I was kind of shocked he's involved, but he said that he worked with William Gibson a lot. And William Gibson was very hesitant because he said some of his works have turned out to be horrible. I was like, wonder what it is. And it was like, oh, it's Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, really? <laughs> horrible. I can see why he was a little hesitant. Yeah, I can this. see that too. Cause yeah. Because I, 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 when I was reading our the backstory about this, this book is very pop, was very popular. This is a huge, it has a huge following. Mm-hmm. So we'll be interested to see if that brings people to, to the screen. But, you know, it sounds like they had to change some direction from the book because of, uh, you know, just it's from 2014. Right. And <laughs> things have changed. Yeah, they, things have changed. Yeah. Last, uh, eight years. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's some of that, but it sounds like Gibson's involved and he likes it. So that, Long story short, uh, I think they will stick to closer to his script than right. going all over the place than what uh, than than what uh, they did in Westworld. And his, from what I have heard, his telling is is pretty spot on. It, it, there's some science stuff, but we, it is enjoyable uh, watch, enjoyable read. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of the book, so the, like I said, when I when I saw this show, I didn't realize it was based on a book until I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, okay, well, it's based on a book. And uh, I'll go ahead and say this, so if you've read the book, and that's the reason you started watching this show, and it's one of the reasons you're listening to this podcast, we have not read the book, so we're, we're coming yeah. into it, we're coming into it blind, we have not, uh, you know, like I said, I, unlike Lord of the Rings, you know, I, I, which I have read, I have seen all those movies multiple times, I have a lot of the the background on that. I don't have any background on this, so we're just kind of we're just kind of going uh, from from scratch on this. So let's go ahead and talk about one thing though. That one thing that I mentioned at the very beginning. Obviously, there are accents in this particular show. Uh, what did you think about the southern accents? We've talked quite a bit about southern accents in shows that have used them in the past. <laughs> we have. Uh, there are some that are pretty good, and there are some that are horrific. Uh, you know, I had to look because I was like, "Where's Chloe Grace Moretz from?" Mm. And she's from she's from Atlanta, right? So I was like, "Huh." So hers is a little put on, but it's not too bad, right? 
Burton's is horrible. He's Irish. Yeah. We'll cut him a little slack. Uh, the people from the print shop, I actually text you. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> I was like, what, what's this one guy doing? At one point, it was in New Orleans. Then he went to something totally different. Right. He went through, like, he's in one scene, and he had four different accents. I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Just, you know. Uh, but then I thought, uh, the guy from the 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 villain, uh, I, well, I guess, I thought the people in the bar, Corbell, Pickett, yes. and, and that crew, some of them are most likely Southern because they actually sounded what Southerners sound like. Yeah, Lewis Hurtham uh, is Corbell Pickett, and uh, yeah. I don't think he is Southern. Uh, we have seen him on a few things. Uh, we've seen him on Westworld. That's where he he is the father of, of yeah. the main character. What's her name in that uh, that show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's he like plays the, uh, the android Dor- father. Dolores. Dolores, right? He plays the he plays the father yeah. of Dolores in that. Yeah. I've seen him in uh, uh, Home every Bible. TV show that's ever been. Yeah, on. he's been on a lot. The most recent one I saw, it's on Apple TV, uh, Home After Dark or something like that. I can't remember what the name of that that show was. Uh, where it's about a little girl who like does investigative journalism, yeah. and he like plays this like really corrupt sheriff. Uh, so like he's he's good at the villain stuff. I've seen him in, in as, as a villain in multiple things, but I don't think he is. But I think the other guys are. Uh, I think he's just a, a seasoned actor. Yeah, Chris Chris Coy, who's Jasper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Coy, who's Jasper. He's he's southern. Yeah. So like I said, these he's guys. From Kentucky. Yeah, I think I think they are, and I, I think he's just. I think uh, I think Corbell Pickett is. Uh, I'm sorry, Lewis Hurtham is just. I think he's just a seasoned actor who has been around the block for a while, and he kind of knows what he's doing. But before we get into anything else, I do want, and I start to give my opinions on the accents a little bit more. I want to read one uh, a message we got from one of our patrons, Nate Stewart. He sent this in, and he sent it in actually as I was finishing up the first episode on Friday night. Uh, he said, hey, Ryan and Justin, I'm watching the first episode of The Peripheral and am really digging it so far. There's just one thing I want to get your opinion on. The Southern accents seem a bit heavy-handed, no? I grew up in Maryland, so I'm not totally an expert on Southern accents, but I moved to Charleston, South Carolina about 20 years ago, so I have some experience. It seems like here you'll come across folks who are natives who don't really have thick accents and other natives with unmistakable accents. There's a variety, but in the part of the Blue Ridge Mountains where this takes place, everyone is laying it on thick. I don't really notice accents in real life living in the South, but the accents in the show seem distracting that's where he kind of really hit on what i thought it was i didn't think necessarily many of them were bad burton's i thought was the worst but his accent i mean the accent everyone in the show with the exception of probably of chloe grace moritz who has one but it's just it's subtle and you can't really just tell it every it's just like everyone has a a thick accent i mean if you live in the south and and most people i I know we get most of our audience from the people in the south but we do have some people that live in other countries we have some people that live in other parts of of the united states and you know there's a variety of just how thick the accents are i mean i live in northwest mississippi just south of memphis you live in you live in alabama so you know we have a pretty good experience of what it's like you know look the two of us i will say this uh i mean I think, you know, we both have Southern accents, but I would say, I don't think it's, I don't think it's untruthful to say that yours is a little thicker than mine is. Uh, and mine, a lot of mine, it just gets disguised in the fact that I talk fast. So, I mean, there is a variety of how much Southern accents you get living in the South. I mean, I, I know people who just have really right. strong, thick draws, and I have know some people who don't have that big of a thick draw at all. So, I mean, uh, it just depends. And like I said, it would be nice if we had a little bit of variety in, in these people's accents, but it's like they seem to say, we're in the South, so we've got to make sure everybody has a really obvious Southern accent. Right. And that's what that's the direction they've chosen and i can kind of agree with nate it is a little distracting uh after watching yeah. it I, the watching it the second time through it wasn't as bad but i think i was just used to it so i'm thinking maybe as we get into this show a little bit more you won't it, you'll just be so accustomed to it by then it won't make a difference maybe that's just my thoughts no i think you're right on that and let me mention one thing also uh, they're in North Carolina, and I've spent some time in North Carolina. I've spent some time in the Blue Ridge area, and I don't think the accents there are anything like you get when you get to the deeper south. Yeah, that's true. And also, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned my accent. I moved to North Alabama, where they have very thick. Right. Mm-hmm. They have a very specific accent where they're like, and actually, some of these people are think are trying to do that, where they're like, nice. Yes, exactly. Nice. That's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And. And, uh, in fact, one of the people I used to work 
with North Alabama was like, well, you're at, you don't have a Southern accent. I was like, what? <laughs> the lady was like, well, you don't sound like the rest of us. I was like, I don't, I, I'm sure I do to everyone else. Yeah. That, no, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's interesting because like I said, I don't think I have that thick of an accent and most people around me don't think my accent is that thick. And I think, like I said, I think that's probably the case for you. Uh, but yeah. like when I went up North, when I was in college, uh, my senior year for, no, it was my junior year for spring break. We went to New Hampshire on, a ski trip and when i got there and i was talking to a friend of mine i heard somebody somebody who was kind of getting their ski stuff together he said well you're not from here are you it's like no i'm not like i could tell so like i said i don't think it's that thick but like i said but once i get away from once i get into another part of the country you can tell that i'm not from there so Uh, yeah for sure. All right, so let's kind of like I said, we 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 tackled that. We I felt like we were going to have to just because it was it's just so obvious, and it's like Nate yeah. said, it's it, they're really really thick accents. So we uh, now that we get that part of the discussion out of the way, let's actually talk about the show a little bit. Uh, it's an interesting concept of what they're doing here. Uh, I wasn't really I, when I first saw when I first saw Chloe Grace Moretz. Well, actually, let's let's start with the very very beginning of this. So we have Wilf who is talking to a little girl who he's calling Alita West, which we're going to find more about her later on. He's talking to this little girl, Alita, and like I said, we have no perspective on what is actually happening at this point because he's talking to this girl and she's talking about you know she doesn't have shoes on and she's talking about how she gave her shoes to him and like. She said, you know, I want to save a world. And he's like, well, we're trying to save our worlds or we, uh, we can't save our worlds. And she said, I didn't say our. And uh, basically hinting at she's going to save her world or something along those lines. That's what, I, that's what I came across. And then she just kind of fades out. And I was like, okay, what was that all about? And you, you, they introduced this. This is London 2099 that they introduced us, uh, introduced us to this. But when that's all going, I was like, okay, I, do, I really don't understand what's going on here. But they 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 make it start to understand. But this is also the idea they're putting forth the idea. You're going to have to pay attention to this show. What did you think about the opening scene? Uh, I was relieved that it was the people in London without shoes and not the Southerners. That is true. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's a very good point. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I thought. I thought the same thing. I was like, uh-oh, put the phone down. Right. You're going to have to pay attention, Rod. <laughs> yeah, you, you do. You, you have to pay attention on this show because if you don't, you, you're going to get lost. And like I said, it's a little more straightforward, but there are going to be some things that they – look, there are some things in episode two that they put forward that they have yet to explain, which I'm assuming they will explain some of this stuff later on. But like I said, they are going to make you pay attention to this show. And if you don't – you're going to get lost. You're going to get confused really, really easily. Uh, I got a little worried when we got back to basically our time. It's 10 years in the future. It takes place in 2032 in North Carolina. And I was a little concerned because I didn't want to go straight down the full Westworld. What is real? What is not? Because that is everything that that show is about. It's all about what's real, what's not real. Can you trust yeah. what you see? And like I said, as much as I enjoy the show Westworld, I don't know that I need two of that, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and I was a little concerned that that's where we were going, especially once I saw the VR headset on Burton and he was in virtual reality. I was like, oh, crud, we're really going to go down the whole, the, the full-blown what is real, what's not real. Look, there is some of that in this show. There's there's a lot of that. There, I'm not going to say there's a lot of that, but there is some of that in this show. Um but I don't think it's going to be the same level that we got with Westworld. At least, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. You know, it, this is where it's the question you you mentioned: Is it a turnoff of people from Westworld? Because I was thinking the same thing, and then it took me a minute to go like, okay, this isn't the same show. Calm down, right? You yeah, know, it's not because I, I don't think it's. I don't think we're gonna have to. I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that. But I'm gonna tell you, a lot of people are. Yeah, they and mean. and that again, I think it's. I think it's a bad move to put uh, the the that the, the it's the name of the people from Westworld. Just just say John. Nolan. Yeah, just say John Nolan. Yeah, I know. That's what I would do too if I were if I were marketing this. But marketing people don't listen to us. So maybe maybe they're hoping there's enough cachet with those people. Look, I think what they're hoping for is they're hoping that you'll remember what this what Westworld was like when it first started because there, that show was loved at one time. I mean, especially when the first season yeah, came out, yeah. everybody loved it. Everybody was right. talking about. It, it, some people, some people call the first season of Westworld one of the best seasons of television uh, ever. I mean, that's how great it was. I mean, I'm right there with those people. You know, I, I remember watching that first season. Like, 
I, I couldn't wait to get to the next episode. And I ended up binging that one because I didn't, I didn't pick up Westworld until after the first season was over. But like I said, I was a little concerned when I see all this VR stuff, but like I said, it, you get, I, I do believe they are not going to go full blown. What is real? What is not real? I don't think they're going to do that. But uh, one of the things I do like is we get introduced to her mother. And one of the things I like about the introduction to it, especially upon watching the second time is you can tell there's something wrong with her. She's blind. Obviously she's sick. You yeah. don't really know exactly what it is. They don't really explain it till episode two. I, at first I didn't like that. I thought I was like, okay, well, so what's wrong with her? And really the, you don't necessarily need to know what's wrong with her until they're putting forth the cure. You just know that she's in bad shape and you know that she is, got some issues that they've got to, and that her care is going to cost a lot of money. And that's the reason why Burton's doing what he's doing. Uh, it's the reason why, uh, they're looking for any source of income that they can. So that's like I said, I, I like the fact that like I said, at first I was like, okay, so what's wrong with her? Why, why is she blind? Why, why are they having to take care of her so much? But when they actually show us, all right, when they, when the, she goes to the future in 2099 and they tell her, uh, we've got this drug and we're going to send it to her to cure the brain, the brain tumor is like, oh, okay, well now we know. And you, it all kind of makes sense. Uh, but I like, like I said, I like the fact that they are establishing the circumstances around what, what uh what flynn and burton are doing in this uh and we get introduced very very quickly into how important this vr stuff is to them because burton is obviously a very talented gamer at this he's obviously very talented he and there are people who are paying him money to level him up but he's not as talented as flynn is and one of the things i like i don't know how familiar you are with the world of gaming but in the world of gaming there women have a it is so hard because if you get a woman streamer, if you get a woman who is trying to do anything in ter- in the gaming world, they are they have to go through a lot of crap to go to have any type of a following. It is so incredibly toxic. Uh, any men that are on there typically give them hard hard times. So that's one of the things I like that they are still doing this, even though it's ten years in the future. Flynn is having to deal with this because if she were to put on, if, if people were to know that it was a, a woman that was doing this all the time, they might not respect her and they might not want her to do it. Well, that's one of the things I liked about it. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I I've, I know some about that. I know there was a situation called Gamergate a few yeah, years ago where it was called out like that, like, hey, women aren't getting you know hired for these kind of jobs and right. i know they've tried to do a better job i know mythic quest did yeah. a lot of that what that what that's about and so yeah i i do like that they're um they're addressing it here because you know it needs to have there needs to be more women involved I yeah, mean, it's just crazy that there's not like, i mean but uh also i want to shout out I, I thought the mom uh melinda page yes. hamilton really did a good job so i'm with you when i first saw her i was like oh okay another sick mom we right. gotta take care of her plot which it seems like it's very common but i don't know there's something about she she was uh her performance and and what she brought i i, I really enjoyed her performance yeah and uh I, i'm excited to see you know now that she can see you know what's going to be involved even more with her yeah I, I thought it was really i thought she did a really good job and like i said one of the things i like about her performance is she doesn't feel sorry for herself uh I mean, you know she's yeah yeah she, she understands the situation she's in we don't really know how we don't know how she got the brain tumor maybe they're going to reveal that to us like i don't know that it matters at this point how she got it but she's obviously dealing with that as well uh one of the other things that i thought that was interesting that they kind of start to one of the things that they introduce us to to us quickly in this is these little these haptics that are in Burton because you see them kind of light up and they they kind of and it's, it's one of the things that probably gives them an advantage and be able to and being able to be a good such a good gamer is these are these haptics that are put into his body and like I said we don't really know what it is until we find out later on that he was part of the military and we still don't know the the ins and outs which I would imagine we're going to find that out later on but just what specifically caused him and his crew to have these haptics put in there and what what was the reasoning behind it but apparently it causes him pain uh she he and his mother share the same pain medication so they have to they have to uh, take turns with the pills and you know at first flynn accuses him of taking his mother's mother's pills because she didn't have enough but it turns out it's the opposite he's giving some of his pills to his mother which you know just really 
you know, magnifies what you think of him in, in the audience's eyes. Uh, but I liked Burton. I liked Flynn. I like what they're both doing. Obviously, Burton, we have issues with his with his accent. But these are going to be the two stars of the show, along with, at least I assume, along with Gary Carr, who plays Wilt Netherton. I feel like these are going to be the three main actors, but yeah. they're really going to focus more on Flynn and Burton, who is played by Jack Rayner. And I like these two characters. I like these two. I like these two actors who are playing them. Uh, like I said, I, I've seen stuff that Chloe Grace Moritz has been in. She, I think, she kind of made her name in Thirty Rock when that's kind of where she got her start, and that's what kind of what started her rise to fame. And it's been a little bit rough going here recently. Uh, I'm not just real familiar with Jack Rayner. You sent me a clip of a a, a trailer for a movie uh, called Sing Street that I do plan to watch at some point. Yeah, that, that's the only other thing I, I know of him from. So I'm not real familiar with him. But I like these actors like what they're doing I, they're they're likable characters uh what do you think about both of their performances yeah i thought they were both uh really good and and he's another one that uh is has had a pretty good career just waiting for that one breakout role right. i know he was in he is the i think he is the villain of the movie uh midsummer uh oh, okay that's right i saw him i saw him in the movie uh cherry with uh uh tom uh tom holland okay that was the apple movie where he he was a veteran with him okay and so he's and actually uh jack reiner's actually in a movie that i'm going to recommend oh, really called delivery man with all and he's in that okay and he was really good at it so that's what i actually watched it so he's a guy that's been on his way up uh but yeah i i really enjoyed him i know he really had to enjoy the scene where we where he was the peripheral and he got to do a lot of stunts that had to be pretty cool for him yeah that's what i was going to say that's one of the things that uh I, I i really enjoyed about this is when they get in when she gets into the peripheral at least in this first episode the peripheral actually is is Jack Rayner. I mean, it's they designed this thing to make it look like the person who's actually they thought was actually going to be using it, and so they thought it was going to be Jack Rayner who's using it, but it's actually her, his sister because he knows his sister is much better at this than he is. So and they're doing this to get as much money as they possibly can because apparently he's being paid a lot of money to 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 sign up for this, which is, that's where they start to get into the weird parts. How do the, how do the people from the future find out about the people in the past? How do they know? How do they contact them there? That's where the, the science of this starts to kind of get a little bit weird. And you're trying, it starts to become a little bit difficult to figure out. That's where we kind of get into the West world of it all. Uh, and that's where it gets, like I said, that's where it gets a little confusing, but, uh, like I said, I just like what they're doing. The way they introduced the North Carolina part of this, I thought was really, really good. Outside of the accents, obviously, mm -hmm. I, I thought it was uh, really good. Yeah, yeah. We have this 3D, 3D print shop, uh, which I would imagine in 10 years probably would be a thing. I mean, that would probably be something because 3D printers are slowly. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so 3D printers are slowly yeah. becoming more of a thing you see nowadays they're very very expensive because you know, they can literally print just about anything that you need uh so you know that you know kind of being like the office depot of 3d printing you know, i could see that being in 10 years being a, a, something that people have a demand for so i like the fact that they are trying to think about in the future what's going what's life going to be like 10 years from now i like the fact that you know when she's pulling out the thousand dollars in cash tommy constantine the sheriff deputy he pulls up to her obviously they're they're establishing some type of a, of a, of a connection between the two of them but yeah, yeah. but he also says you know any t you know homeland security nowadays in 2032 10 years from now in any cash, any cash transaction automatically draws scrutiny because people just don't rely on cash in that period. You know, you can kind of see us getting to that point where you know we're almost completely cash. I was going to say that 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 feels. I was going to say that feels realistic. Uh, one more thing about the 3D printer, and before someone asked, I had no clue what a nubbins was. I actually had to look it up. What is a nubbins? I, I didn't know. What was a nubbins? It was like there was several different things. It was some kind of dish oh, okay. that had like it was like a bunch of different. It's a food, but it was like you could have a nubbins with a bunch of sausage and stuff, okay. or you could have like a banana nubbins. But it's like it's it's a dish that's all of a sudden getting on. Like I saw, I was like, it's the new big thing. Oh, really? So like this must have been a thing at some point. Um, so uh, I I guess now. Just be aware you're going to get asked what nubbins are. So I'll, I'll send you what it is. <laughs> okay, cool. I, 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 I had never heard of it either. It 
Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. But like I said, they're they're setting up the town really well. Uh, and then one of the things I don't, one of the things I will nitpick on this, the actual headset that she wears to enter into her peripheral, and well, in this first episode to enter into the peripheral of of uh, Burton. I thought it looked kind of cheap. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. I thought it, it looked yeah, kind of cheap looking. Yeah, I thought looking. the same thing. Uh, but like uh, the, the headset they were wearing. To actually well, they like, did make it at the. They did make it. They did make it for the three at the three D print shop. So I guess we can. Well, and those true, guys yes. don't exactly know what they're doing. That is true. You have so you, we can cut them a little slack. I I thought the same thing though. Yeah, that's true. I didn't thought about that. They did make that three D print shop. So you are you are correct about that. So, uh, but like I said, I did think it looks a little bit cheap right there. But nevertheless, like I said, you know, you got to cut. This show is probably not just real cheap to make, so they got to cut some cost somewhere along the line. And when you know when it's just something they wear on their head and they're not have to interact with, I can I can kind of see where that's where you're going to cut costs. Because like I said, the VR headset they're playing with the game, I thought it looked actually a lot better. So, but that would also kind of make sense because it's yeah, probably, yeah. you know, it's probably like the Sony PlayStation Seven or whatever it is of the time so um but like i said when she first goes in i enjoyed her first what i liked about in this first episode when she because she makes two trips into the peripheral and i like the contrasting in the first one it's fun she's loving it she's doing like this kidnapping thing uh she's you know she's getting the visceral reality of the fact that she can kind of feel all this we meet alita west again she was now in the grown-up's body and that's where i start to have a lot of questions is because alita was a child when we first meet her now she's an adult you know, and they make these they make these peripherals to make them look like the people that are actually controlling them. So, you know, was she a child the first time? Because it only the first time we meet her is just a year before. And, you know, that takes place in twenty ninety nine, and when she goes to and when Flynn goes, it's twenty one hundred. So, do they do they find a later version of Alita, or does a later version of Alita? How does she get in this? That's kind of what, obviously, this is what's going to be the mystery of the show is tracking this Alita West woman down, trying to find her, wh- yeah. what she's been doing. So, like I said, that's going to be, that's the mystery of the show. And that's what they're kind of building towards. But I like I said, I like the fact that this first foray into it is so much fun. She loves it. And then the second one, like, the first thing she's experiencing is she's having her eye taken out. Uh, and it's so much worse. And she that hates scary. I had to quit watching that. Yeah, no, that was, it was, it was rough to watch it, but like I said, it's just, I yeah. like the, I like the contrast. Like, so she's like reels. She lures Flynn in with the first one. Like it's fun. It's exciting. It's great. And then all of a sudden the next time she goes in, she's, and you know she's having her eye taken out she's having the uh she has to rip the skin off of her hand all this type of stuff so like i like the just i like the juxtaposition i like everything they're doing there uh what else did you like about those two scenes because like i said those were those were those i really enjoyed i love those two scenes yeah i like them a lot um like I mentioned, I like how they made Burton like this action star. Yeah, like I know, that he, was great. He could do all the flips, and he was really good at fighting. You know, I like how she thought about how she had seduced that woman later on, right? And like she, like she was, and and like she was fantasizing about that and her fighting. Like she was right. thinking about that later. I like that, and and like you said, the second one, she ends up her her peripheral ends up getting killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or Burton stuff. So yeah. it's like, you know, she was like having nightmares and she started having, well, I guess she had headaches after the first. Yeah, she had headaches after the first, but they were, they were obviously much worse after the second time because she's basically yeah, getting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's getting much worse right. the, the more you do this. Yeah. Like I, said, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but there was also a point, I guess it was, I don't know if it was in the first episode or the second episode where her hand kind of started doing what Burton's does. Uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't know. If that's you know just a a side effect of using this, obviously I think that's what they're trying to hint at. So, um, but after she gets out of the after she gets out of the peripheral both times, you know she tells Burton, "I'm never going back in again." And she gets contacted by Wilf, who is called Wolf at the very beginning, but his name is Wilf. And she's she gets a call from him, and he tells her, you know, she's in danger. They have they have put a hit out on her and her family for nine million dollars on the dark web. 
you know, and she's kind of freaking out about it. And like, Wilf is, he is determined. I mean, he like hacks into the computers of the print shop to try to tell it, give her this message. And she just keeps having to turn every one of them off. And it's freaking her out, which I would, I, it would freak me out too if somebody, uh, absolutely had a $9 million hit out. But we find, we see as we're progressing towards this, we see the mercenaries they have hired. They have, uh, the, the research institute, who is the name of the people who are, being set up as the villains in this in this show, they have sent basically, or I don't know how they've gotten it, or if they've like just sent tech to add to their cars. But they have clo- they have cloaked cars that they are driving, and the mercenaries, you know, they're kind of having some fun with it. They end up killing the Tennessee Highway Patrolman on on their way. Um, yeah, but like I said, they end up bringing in these mercenaries and. When Flynn goes to tell Burton and her his friends who are kind of just kind of sitting all around drinking uh, the drink around a campfire, he, he goes and tells them. She goes and tells them, and they kind of laugh it off. And that's when kind of everything starts to break loose. But one thing that I want to get to before we get that, she does buy one pill from was it Jasper that she bought it from? Who which which one was it? It was Jasper Lee. No, it wasn't Leon. Uh, there was a bunch of them. Jasper. I think Reese was one of them. Maybe possibly. Uh. I can't remember. Their names are not necessarily I all of them. Reese was, I thought Reese was the friend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Reese yeah. is one of the friends. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. Uh, but there's... But four. It was Buddy, Buddy, and Murph, and Cash. Okay. so Oh, Atticus. Okay, okay, Atticus. That's right. So she goes to buy this one pill because that's all they can afford. She, he, she gets $1,000 from Burton because she uh, did whatever she was supposed to in that VR game earlier in the day. And she gets $1,000. She meets them at, at Corbell Pickett's bar. And she gets the. She says, "I want to just buy one pill." And he's Jimmy's. like, "Do what now? What'd you say?" The name of the bar is Jim. Thank the you. bar is Jimmy's. Yeah, that's right. It's Jimmy's. Uh, but it's owned by Cordell Pickett. He's the person who actually ends up who actually owns it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So she meets them at that bar, and these they say, "You know, this isn't the way this works. Uh, you got to buy the. I guess like a whole month's worth. I don't know exactly how it works, but obviously they don't want her buying just one pill at a time." And that's when we meet Connor. And Connor is one of my favorite characters in this. Uh, he, he has yes. no legs. He only has one arm. Uh, and he was he's apparently one of the same. He's, he was part of the crew of Burton and the rest of his friends. But something happened, and I'm sure they will explain this later on as well, because they're kind of hinting at it, that cost him, I'm assuming something something blew up or something, and he lost, he lost his, I'm trying to think, his left arm, I'm guessing, based off of, yeah, it would be his left arm and both of his legs and he's not dealing with it well obviously because he stays drunk most of the time but it's being 10 years in the future they've obviously found some ways for him to kind of make life work he's got some he's got some some things to help him his he's got some very specific very specific wheelchair he's got like a motorcycle that he can attach that wheelchair to but I love when she is out there trying to get this one pill for her mother and he walks and he comes, well, he didn't walk out there, but he kind of rolls out there to him and like completely threads him. And like one of the lines he says is, you know, the worst thing I can see, because there's three of them out there. He says, the worst thing I can see happening is I only end up killing two of you guys. Like I said, Connor is just fantastic. Yeah. I love you could already tell from that first scene. You could tell from the first scene he is going to end up being the fan favorite of the show, oh, yeah. and maybe the best character. Yeah, you, you could tell, and like you said, it was obvious that oh, this guy was the best soldier. Just something happened to him, right? Something that, happened you know, to him, killed him, and then we fought. Well, I mean that uh, not killed, almost, almost killed, killed him, him and, right. and, and made. Yeah, and then uh, we found out in the second episode he was the best soldier and was all, pretty much the leader of the mm-hmm. group. Right, he, he was their staff sergeant. Well. I think is what they said uh, is what Burton calls him. So yeah, uh, but at the end of the episode, they the the guys who are sitting around after they kind of laugh off Flynn's you know nine million dollar reward. One of them, I don't remember which one, says, you know what, maybe maybe just maybe we need to like kind of take it seriously, and so they break out their drones. And when they break out their drones, they do some surveillance around the property, and they do see, I think there was 12 guys that are getting ready to to yeah. jump them. And that's where that's where the first episode ends. It takes us into the second episode. In the second episode, they do some interesting things. Uh, they end up putting the big action set piece here at the very beginning because we're picking up right there as they left off. So Burton and his friends are trying to put in a plan, to, a plan of action to save everyone. This is when we find out 
that they are all part of they were all part of some like elite military marine like i said i wasn't really expecting that but yeah we find out pretty quick they messed with the wrong guys uh and they're they're pull, right and they're pulling so so they're like putting in a plane of action and this is when we start to really see the haptics come into into, into play because they're all yes. connecting with each other so they can kind of see each see things from each other's eyes but they're also connecting to this these drones so they can see things from the drone's eyes and they're hacking into the drones of the of the team that's getting ready to attack them so like i said there's a lot going on in this very opening scene yeah that was that was very cool i'm glad they went ahead and showed it from the get-go and like you said my first thought was oh wow they're they're in those drones yeah <laughs> you know and every one of them is is one of them. and i think burton mentions later on you know he, he i forgot how he said it he he was telling flynn they had to do this to us so we could beat those nazis yeah i know well no no yeah, he's talking yeah, i was like i think he's talking about the video game is that a, he's go, he's going back to the he's going back to the video game maybe i maybe i'm oh i thought he was okay yeah that's what Never that's what, okay, that's I was, where i that's at least that's what i thought it was uh he was referring back to the video game at that point uh maybe uh, i'm wrong okay about that, so okay because he does that again later on when he's talking about the lambs and all that stuff uh, towards yeah, okay. the end. That's where because the, the second episode is called Empathy Bonus, and that's when he's talking about that later yeah, on. Yeah, so. yeah. Because he okay, does refer I'm back confused. to it. I'm, okay, that was, you're right. You're right. My bad on that. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. And then of course they look like the the uh, the bad guys have got the upper hand. And here comes Connor. That's right. Here comes. And he Connor. just starts taking people out. Oh, and he has a great line there. Like when he when he pulls up, he's like, you know, your sister asked me over for yeah. for for a couple of beers. She didn't mention about the party that was going to be taking place or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that was great. I don't remember, but like I said, he's just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I love him so very very much. One of the things I do have kind of a nitpick about this is apparently, you know, this the the villain of this thing is going to be the research institute. They are literally called the research institute. You would think they might have done a little more research into who was actually they were actually going to be attacking they might want to know that you know burton is a like elite military <laughs> operative at right, one right, point right. so that, that there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of an issue there but it's not that big of an issue but she has to go back into the peripheral to get some intel because that's one of the things that burton's like you know what we're going to try to figure things out here uh we need you to go back in the peripheral and get some intel and that's when she she does that so this is when she ends up meeting up with wolf and before the, uh, she meets up with Wilf, though, let's go ahead and kind of get back to the beginning as well. Wilf has met Alita West again, but he he's trying to like convince her to like come back and help them again, and he's he, she's just not convinced. Uh, this is when we meet Lev Zubov, who is Wilf's boss. Uh, I he looks familiar, and I'm trying to find who plays Lev, and I cannot find him anywhere. Did he? Did you get the same feeling when you saw Lev? Yeah, yeah, I thought he looked familiar as as well. Uh, well, he's in a Captain America. Let's see. Oh, is he in Captain America? He's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe that's he why he looks familiar. Ford versus Ferraris. Okay, I haven't seen that yeah, yet. I need to see it. Uh, let me find Lev. What this is? Who's placing him? JJ Field. He's James Montgomery. He's in the first Captain America. James Montgomery Fallsworth. Okay, I'll have to go back so and watch He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that makes sense. A British guy. Yeah, like I said, that yeah. it makes sense. Like I said, he I guess he's just one of those guys that you you see yeah. him and you see him a lot, but you don't really Yeah. Also, dude, dude, you've got to watch Ford versus Ferrari. I know I need to watch it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I was I hate to I gotta break this. I was fist pumping in theater. Oh, I was so excited, <laughs> man. It's it's an incredible movie. Yeah, I need to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Uh but Anyway, like I said, so uh, they can't obviously convince Alita West to come come back, and this is what, and they want to find her again. They don't really know how to find her, and this is when Lev basically breaks it to to Wilf. He says, "You know, we've created we've created a a peripheral that will actually work for uh, for Flynn, and actually looks like Flynn. So they they need to get her into it, and they do they do get her into it. And this is when he has she has a conversation with Wilf here at the beginning. Um, one of the things that they are doing in this is they're trying to like introduce they're they're introducing flint she does actually meet the team in the first one right in the in their in their first encounter uh the rest of the people from london correct uh yeah, when she goes back yeah. and meets Wilf, yes. Okay, yeah, yes. It's, yeah, it's the second. It's the second time she meets Wilf. Okay. is when she meets the. Pig. Okay, that's right. Because they meet at Lab's house. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I'm trying trying to well, get it. The first time, Wilf 
points out who they are. That's right. Yeah. And they can he- and they can hear, and they're like, he's being a little annoying because yeah. I remember that uh, girl Ash says yeah, that. Yeah, But the second time, yeah, the second time she comes and they're actually in, they're at Lev's uh, uh, table, right. dining room table. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, they're introducing us to the thing. The only thing I didn't, the big thing I had an issue with this is they are introducing us to this. This is where they start introducing us to the science of this. This is where it starts to get a little difficult to follow. Uh, and and I don't necessarily have an issue with what they're doing is they, she goes back to, she goes into the peripheral two times in this episode and both times are basically, how can I trust you? How can we trust How can we trust each other? I didn't like the fact that they were basically doing the exact same scene twice uh, because that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, and it, yeah, I agree. I thought the same thing because that's. Just, I'm like, okay, so we we because when she get went back in the second time, I thought they were going to kind of hash things out a little bit more than they actually did. But it's still this, you know. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I don't know if I can trust you. You know, what's important to me is my family, and they're like, well, what's important to us is get finding this woman. And like I said, and there's just that's pretty much what happens in. When she goes into the peripheral both times, like I said, we you don't really need to do that t- twice. Maybe they're going. I know they're trying to work towards setting up the importance of, you know, yes, these people from the future they can do what they say they're going to do. They can help her out, but and they've got to you know win her trust. And they don't win her trust though until they until her mother starts to actually get better because they send the drugs to the pharmacy and they pay for them. Uh, they wire transfer a payment to her, and they also are putting forth like the time travel implications of this. I, I will say this, this part I actually kind of got, and I, I think this is a smart thing that they're doing is by setting forth the, the time travel stuff where basically the moment we had somebody contact someone in your past to deal with you that set off a branch timeline now we can't really look into your past anymore so like i said it's kind of getting that whole yeah. whole all right well we can tell you exactly what's about to happen to you they it gets that out of the way because they said you're not on the same timeline as us anymore so we can't really like i said i think it's good to get that part out of the way but this like I said, the science of this stuff is this is where it gets confusing because ash keeps doing something with her fingers and her hands and i'm like what are you doing because i really honestly don't know what she's doing yeah I, I, I like the way Lev was like, "Hey, this is confusing. Even we get confused." Right. But like he tried to explain it a little bit better. I appreciate them having that scene. Yeah, I do too. I, I really appreciate it too because this is where it gets. Like I said, I don't. This is where people are either going to check out or they're going to really lock in because they know they have to pay attention. And I was, I was really trying to lock in at this point because like I want to understand this, and I think there, it will make more sense as they go along. Uh, that's one thing I will give Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan a lot of credit for is as Westworld has gone along, they they do a good job of revealing how everything works in their universes. And I think they will do a good job of that in this particular instance uh, where they will make us, un- they will do a good job of making us understand exactly what it is, how this whole thing works. Uh, they, I thought they did a really good job explaining, you know, how this how she can actually be in the consciousness of this android, this robot, how that can actually work, you know, basically 70 years in the future. I thought that part of it worked really well. Uh, like I said, it's, this is where I, I know this is probably the holdup for a lot, going to be the holdup for a lot of people is just trying to figure out how everything works here. But I think the performance of everyone in this is is really good. Uh, Katie Leung, if you if you didn't yeah. recognize her, you might have recognized her from Harry Potter. She was like Harry Potter. She was uh, Daniel Radcliffe's. Uh, I think she's like the one that he ends up marrying in in the final. Oh one. yeah, yeah, that's so, right. Mm-hmm. And she's Scottish, like I said. That accent she was doing—that—that's not fake. That's Scottish accent that she's doing, and that's—that's that's, uh, she actually is from Scotland. So it's kind of weird to see a, a Scottish accent on uh, a na- on a native Asian person. But that's a—that's like I said. That's where yeah. she grew up. That's where she she's from. So uh, I I thought she was really interesting. I don't think it's a coincidence that they get Katie Leung, who was in one of the biggest franchises of all time, to play that. So right. I, I'm expecting a little bit more from her as as we get into this. Yeah, and I really like uh, Tanaya Miller, who played Sharice uh, Newland. I watched, uh, I'm a big fr- fan of the Mike Flanagan shows uh-huh. on Netflix, which is a couple of new ones out. I hadn't right. watched yet. But she was in The Haunting of Bly Manor. Okay. She was one of the big, biggest uh, parts of that. She is really good. When I saw that she was kind of like the mysterious right. potential villain, I was like, oh. What a perfect person to play this part. Yeah, she's she's really good. Like I said, I would expect I kind of think she's going to take on a, a significantly bigger role in the show as we get further into it because yeah. you don't get her for 
just for a small part. Uh, at least that's my my personal right. opinion. So, um, but one of the things that that they establish here at the at the end of the second episode is, and I think what they're trying to propel us into for the rest of this series is now that the mother is responding to the drugs, now that she can see again, now that she seems to be on the road to recovery, this is what's going to allow. It's going to what's going to be what allows Flynn and Burton to trust her. Uh, it's going to be what's allowed to trust the people from the future, and it's what's going to be allowed that it's going to, it's what's going to allow them to really start to get into what I think the story is going to be about here in episode three going forward for the next six episodes. At least that's that was my opinion of it anyway. Uh, yeah, and I, I thought the same thing. And they sh- and in fact, if you watch the trailer for what's coming up. There were multiple times they showed Connor appears to be getting uh, something worked on. Yeah, I saw that. So too. at some point, mm-hmm. Connor's coming back, uh, probably with legs and arms. Yeah, I saw that as well. So that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, I will say also, uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with like the the twenty thirty two villain who is uh, Corbell Pickett. He is. I mean, they're setting him up as just this this slime ball kind of guy, uh, and. Like I said, the, every, the things, some of the things I've seen him obviously in Westworld, that's not what he plays. He plays just kind of, right. he plays this kind of innocent father. But the other thing, Home After Dark, he is he is a slime ball sheriff. I mean, so like I said, when I first saw him, and I saw him kind of going back in that villain role. I was like, that's going to work really, really well. I do find it interesting though that they're setting this guy up to be the villain with the mercenaries who are like trained and like highly professional killers. Like they couldn't even take out Flynn and, and Burton, but the, the local bad guy who is going to, he's going to be the one that's going to have some success against him. So I still will be interested to see how that's going to work. I, I like the actor. Uh, who was the actor's name? I forgot. Uh, I didn't have it in front of me anymore. Uh, Lewis Herthman, like I said, he just he, yeah. he does that role really well. Uh, and like I said, if you haven't seen Home, if you haven't seen Home After Dark, go watch that and just watch him operate as the slimeball sheriff, and you'll see why they chose him. Obviously, they chose him because they're comfortable with him from Westworld. But like I said, if you watch him in Home After Dark, you you see it as well. I'm sure he's got some other roles that are similar well, to that. And he's a really big guy. He is a yeah, very is. like menacing and scary presence. But even he was like, "No, I'm not going against those. I'm not going against the the Marines from yeah. home. No thanks." <laughs> yeah, but obviously, you know, he gets the twenty five, the two point five million dollars wired into his account, and you know, he he obviously is at this point is probably going to have to. So, uh, I'll be interested to see how all that works out. They do end up kind of uh, Burton does reluctantly uh, incorporating Connor into this. He, he kind of gets guilt tripped by Flynn to to work Connor in. I can't wait to see. Like, look, give me more Connor. I'll take him all day long. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I love, I love his, I love his last line of, "Will you even remember this conversation?" <laughs> I'd say it's I'd about say 50, it's 50, 50. 50. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I love Connor. Give me, give me. His, and if you're wondering, I've been, who plays I've been there, Connor. Yeah, it's Eli Gore with two E's. So I don't know if that's Gory or just Gore. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. This is the first I've seen of him, but I love him so far. So, <laughs> like I said, I will yeah, take. I will, he's, he's in a. He's in a movie I have not watched yet, and I've heard he is really good at it. He plays Muhammad Ali. Oh, really? In the one night in my, and there was a movie. That came oh, out yeah. Last year, one night in Miami. Yeah. And uh, he plays Muhammad Ali, and I heard he's he's really good in that movie. Okay, yeah, I need I to mean, watch that. And I, I, have not, I have not watched that movie I haven't uh, yet. Uh, I did. Watch, I've watched a couple things he's in. I don't remember him, but. Uh, Buddy, he's this is his role. Yeah, it is. It really is. Like I said, I, I love it every time he's on screen. So I can't wait to see more of him. So, uh, but like I said, I'm looking forward to this the rest of this way. Like I said, now, that second episode was a little bit. It was a little. I wasn't just into it nearly as much as it was the first episode. Yeah, I agree. But I think now that now that they've gotten the trust issue out of the way, then I think that she's going to be much more trusting. I think there's still going to be some uneasiness, and don't get me wrong. Look, Lev Zubov looks kind of—he looks kind of uh, suspicious himself, to be completely honest yeah, with you. Yeah, he does. So I—I uh, think though that they will get. Now that they've got that out of the way, we can get kind of into what's really going to make this story cook. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. People are responding well to it. Uh, it's got an 8.5 on IMDb. It's in the high to mid-80s on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics aren't aren't quite as hot on it. Uh, it's been in the mid-60s for the most part. But uh, like I said, the audiences seem to be really enjoying it. So uh, I can't wait to see what they're doing with this going forward. So, Anything else you want to talk about before we do weekly awards? 
Uh, no, I think I think we're good. I think we've talked enough about it. I think you are correct. So let's get into it. Up first on our weekly awards, we have the Tyrion Lannister, which is the MVP of the week. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know where we're both going to go on this, but I want to ask you anyway, who's your MVP for this week? Yeah, I'm going Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. I mean, this, this show's on her shoulders, and she does a fantastic job. And I hadn't seen her in anything in a while, and I've yeah. always really enjoyed her work, even when she was very young. Like, you could tell she was going to be a star, and she is a star. Yeah. Uh, she Like I said, it, you're right. It is on her, and these first two episodes are definitely on her. Uh, Burton has got an important role as well. Uh, look, as much as I loved as much as much I love Connor, he's not in this very – he's not in it that often. I think he'll probably be in it more as the show goes on. But uh, I'm with you. Chloe Grace Moretz, it's on her. She's the one who's going into the peripheral, so it's going to be on her for the most part. And she's the biggest star, so it makes sense that they are making – that uh, she's kind of – stealing the, the show for this for the most part next is the Agatha all along the best scene of the week what'd you go for here so i had a hard time picking this yeah this one's hard kind of text about this so i went with the first time she goes into the the new peripheral right where she's burton for the first time because that's when you knew this was going to be leading the plot going forward. Everything that happens is going to move is going to change the the, right. the story. So I, I went with that. Yeah, what I did, what I decided to do for this is I decided to go with that combined with the second time that she enters it because it gives such a juxtaposition of how she felt about the peripheral and how much she enjoyed it the first time and how much she hated it the second time. And like I said, I, I thought they did a really good job about of showing us, you know this isn't going to be just all fun and games like she thought it was originally. So like I said, I'm going, that's the, that's the road I'm going uh, for this one is that first scene where she goes in the peripheral combined with the second scene, because it's like they, they have to work together and you have to get the, you have to get the differences in the joy she had in it, how much she loved it the first time and how much she absolutely couldn't stand it the second time. So that's where, where I end up going for that one. So, all right, the if you come at the king, you best not miss. What was your best line for this week? This was by Connor when he was uh, talking to Attic- Atticus and the gang at the bar. I think when they were Go ahead. bullying him, and one of them said, "Connor, what's the best part about being a one-armed man?" And he's like, "What's the best part about being a one-armed man? You ain't got you ain't got much left to lose." Yeah, that was mine as well. That was my line as well. Oh, Connor had the best lines for this week because uh, uh, little- his his delivery is very good, and he puts when he's delivering a line, he really puts on the southern. Oh yes, he and does. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that then. Yeah, uh, when he because with his southern accent of "You ain't got much left to lose," <laughs> exactly. I was laughing. Yeah, like I said, uh, a little behind the scenes. Cause we, uh, Ryan and I texted a little bit before we uh, recorded tonight, and he texted me and said, you know, I'm having a hard time with the 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 best scene, the best line. I, I told him, I said, I'm having a, be- a hard time with the best scene as well. I said, but when you rewatch it, just pay attention to Connor. You'll have some lines there, and that was that's yeah. definitely the way to go for this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, because you could have easily gone with uh, the uh, – I didn't realize there was going to be a party. <laughs> yeah, that was and, a good one. And – and, and the 50-50. Yeah, the 50-50 one was a good one as well. But, yeah, I went with the same one that you went with. You know, it, it means you don't have a whole lot left to lose. That was just fantastic. Uh, I also thought uh, one more line. Uh, when when Flynn goes into the other VR and takes out everyone, and, like, uh, Burton goes in, back in, he's like, what the F happened? And and, and uh, I think it was Reese, the friend, goes, Flynn happened. <laughs> yeah, true. That was a good one as well. Yeah, that was a, that was a really good one as well. So, All right. Uh, we have a five-tier rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast. Uh, at the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. Just Beneath Game of Thrones is a lost middle of the road for us is Friends. Beneath Friends is a full house in the bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. So far, the first two episodes of the peripheral, where are you going for this one? Uh, I am going with a lost. Uh, I was very pleased with the show. I thought it was fun. I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm looking forward to it. I wouldn't say it's the best thing I've ever watched, but I'm very pleased and I'm hoping they keep on the same track. And I think a loss would be a very good way to end this show. Yeah, I, I, the first episode was a loss. The second episode was the Friends. So I'm kind of right there in the middle between the two. Just to be cautious and to be safe, I want to stay at a Friends for right now. Uh, I think this show is going to get better. Uh, like I said, now that we've kind of got the whole trust thing out of the way, I think this show will be much better as we get along. Uh, look, this show with the 
with the way that they are tackling this and with the subject matter, there's a lot of possibilities that this show could end up on by the time we get to the end of season one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be great. It could be fantastic. Uh, but it could be it, if they don't do it well, then it could drop down quite a bit. So, uh, but I don't. I so- you, so you went with the friend. You went with the friend. I'm sticking with the friends for now. Uh, I'm, I'm playing. Okay, okay, I, I'm okay. playing it safe because, like I said, the first episode was lost. That's, second episode that's was probably the right call. Yeah. 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 With it, like I said, this if, it, if the second episode, if they hadn't, if they hadn't done the whole two times of do I trust you? Do we trust each other? I probably would have stuck at a loss. But like I said, I think, like I said, I'm, I'm really halfway between. I just decided it, it was a matter of am I going to go down to a friends or go up to a loss? I'm, I'm just going. to I'm going to play it safe and go down. I think this show is going to get better though. I think, I think it's going to end at a loss with the potential to get to a Game of Thrones. But that's, for right now, I'm just going to go ahead and leave it to friends just just for now and just see where it goes. So, uh, all right. So before we head off and we sign off, we do some things that we are looking forward to each week, and we're doing things a little different in terms of how we release things. So we're releasing this on Sunday night, but we want to go ahead and do this on our on this one just because we save our recommendations for our House of the Dragon podcast. So, what are some things you're looking forward to as of right now? So I got two things, and I'm going to bring up the first one since this is taking the place of what Rings of Power. I actually read a uh, a uh, article of, with the showrunners from Rings of Power, okay. and it actually made me more excited for season two. Okay. So they said that they compared season one to Batman Begins. Okay. And that season two, they're going to give people what they want, and they compared Sauron to Walter White, that oh, really? uh, you're going to see him become the uh, evil mastermind and really enjoy it, and then start like manipulating. People. Oh, that'll be fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. So, that, so I'm a, so I was excited about uh, the Rings of Power for season two because of that. And I, one of our episodes, I believe it was last week, where we were talking about. Uh, uh, talking about Marvel, I mentioned, man, have you seen Jonathan Majors? He's like totally ripped. And I thought it was for to play Kang. I was totally wrong because the Creed 3 oh, yeah, uh, that's right. mm-hmm. trailer comes out and Jonathan Majors is that. He is jacked for that movie. He's bigger than Michael B. Jordan. And I can't wait for that movie. I think it comes out in March. It looks incredible. The first two creeds were just fantastic. I enjoyed them so much. They brought life to the Rocky franchise that totally needed. Yeah. And they were so good. And this one, being directed by Michael B. Jordan, looks even better. And Jonathan Majors, as the as the bad guy, is scary. Yeah. I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be uh, able to play a lot of really good bad guys here coming up. So, yeah. All right, uh, I've got two as well. Uh, two things that are actually going to be on HBO here in the coming future because we are they're starting HBO. Uh, they they sent out a couple of trailers or at least early looks or something like that along the lines. Uh, the first one, it looks like we're going to get Succession relatively early in 2023 uh, because they are now... Ooh. They haven't put a date on it, but they are saying coming soon. So, uh, like I said, they've, they've moved moved along enough to where they can say it's coming soon so i'm thinking this is going to be pretty early in 2023 like i said we don't have a date my guess is i'm guessing probably around february if i had to guess uh somewhere around there uh so uh i don't know if you've seen the little kind of teaser they've done but it, you know it looks like it's it looks like it's going to be fantastic because that show is fantastic so uh but the other one is also from from hbo and it is the last of us i don't know if you're familiar with that one at all or not uh, I, I know it's a video game, yeah, and I and I saw who's in this, and I was very excited. Yeah, because it has uh, what's the name from the Mandalorian, um, Pablo Pascal. Yeah, Pablo Pascal. He's the main star of it. The I have not played the video game. Uh, it is, I think it was only on PlayStation Four or Five or something or something like that. I don't, I don't have that uh, console, but. One of the things I have read about that video game is that it is very cinematic in the way that they go about putting that that video game together. So I'm really Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. You said Pablo Pascal. Pascal. Pedro. Yes, it's Pedro Pascal. You're correct. I'm getting him and Pablo Schreiber. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, so like I said, I'm looking forward to it. it I, like, I'm not a huge fan of zombie stories, but this one looks like it's going to be more than just a zombie story. That It looks like it's going to be very much a, a I don't know, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but 
like it looks like it's gonna be more than a zombie story. Yes, it is gonna have zombies in it, but it feels like it's going to be a lot more than that. And like I said, it looks absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm getting more, more and more excited about it every time I see anything from it. So uh, that one's gonna be a lot of fun. So, all right, anything else you want to add before we head off? Well, I want to mention it involves Pedro Pascal real quick. So I was talking to my friend Brian McDuff who listens to the show and we were talking about how we've mentioned before like you never know in these shows who's going to break off and be the big star right and I was saying that like you know if you'd have watched Game of Thrones you would have thought it would have been Kit Harington Amelia mm-hmm. Clark Richard Madden right and Richard Madden has probably had the best career of those three yeah the has. other two have had chances and then like he was like well who would you think is the biggest star and we were like I don't know. I guess Dinklage, and then we were like, "Oh God, Momo, Jason Momo is yeah, there. Jason so Momo was good." Yeah. So then we forgot, and then McDuff was like, "Oh God, Pedro Pascal." Yeah, yes, that's right. He's so in we were like, we were kept mm-hmm. mo- Yeah, we we actually kept moving Dinklage down, and then like, actually, uh, another person who's had a very good career is Michael Huseman, yeah, who was yes. Dario, who's mm-hmm. like been in the flight attendant. He's been a lot of stuff too. So I was like, all these people kept moving down, but it was so funny that I was like. Oh God, Jason Momoa and Pedro Pascal are in this. They're obviously at the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, they're at the top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they've been they've they've made they've made their mark, and it, a lot of it has to do because of Game of Thrones. So, all right, well, I guess that will do it. Uh, oh yeah, for both of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else you want to add before we head off? Anything else you want to add before we head off? Can you hear me? I'm guessing not. I uh, appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Yeah, I will apologize for the, we're having obviously some technical difficulties here at the end, so uh, we apologize for that. But I will echo those same sentiments from Ryan. But until next time, and as always, may all of your entertainment dreams come true. <laughs>